Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. So let's jump into week number two. We've been talking about, as we introduce this series of Ready, Set, Grow, that we're talking these couple of weeks about what we need to understand about growing us, about spiritual disciplines and what spiritual maturity looks like. And then we're going to talk about, about growing real life, about what, what's the vision and direction of the church. Maybe some of you that are relatively new, you might kind of wonder, well, what, what are we all about? And so we're going to spend some time talking about some specific direction, not only that the church needs to have in the day in which we're living, but the specific direction and mission that God has given to us. And then we're going to talk about as a church, we know that we all have the desire, we all have the the direction, the the commissioning about growing the kingdom as well, about knowing that we've got a message that that now more than ever before that we are sharing with the community and the world around us as well. But let's, again, just continue, and maybe again, if you have your device with you, Daddy, you can jump on the Real Life app. Um, A lot of the notes that I'm going to be sharing are going to be found there. We're going to put some on the screen, but you can follow along with me right now, or those of you that are at home as well, uh, that you'll just be able to engage with us, and, uh, and they're going to be there all week long as well, so we can just let this continue to play in your spirit throughout the week. So let me start with a couple of questions this morning for all of us, okay? So let me ask you this morning, how many of you feel your age? How many of you feel your age? Come on, don't, don't get bashful on me here this morning, huh? I mean, isn't it interesting that, that there's kind of a, a lot of different direction to that question? I know that oftentimes when people ask me or, or that I have to tell them how old I am, or especially about my family, I tell them, you know, I've got a couple of adult children. My son is, I think, 33 or going to be 33 this year. And, and they're like, wow, you don't look like you have a son 33. I'm like, great, because I don't feel like I have a son that's 33, right? I, I, I sometimes when I think about I'm in my mid-50s at this point, that I still want to live with this idea that I don't feel my age. And there is some health that, that in physical sense go along with that. For us not feeling our age, we realize that, well, for some of us, we, we put some effort in so that we're not feeling our age, that we realize that that number isn't going to stop climbing, but that doesn't mean that we have to necessarily feel our age either. So we recognize that that can be a question of health this morning. So let me ask another question today. How many of you act your age? Ah, huh? How many of you act your age? Now, that's sometimes a question that as parents we ask often, right? That's a question of what? That's a question oftentimes of maturity, right? That, and, and whether you're a teenager or you're still an adult, right, sometimes that is a question of why don't you act your age? And so understanding those questions, they are really a question of health and maturity. Sometimes we say when we're feeling healthy or we're asked about how we feel about our age, you'll hear people say age is just a number, right? And we realize that, listen, it doesn't matter the number. The desire is, is to be healthy. And all of the things that I can still do and that I can still accomplish even late into my life. Or when we're asked, are we acting our age? 
that can be understood as a question of maturity, an indication about, about what metrics that, that we are hitting or following at whatever stage of life that we are in. Now, it's kind of interesting, especially for parents that are here today or watching with us. When we have young kids, we realize that oftentimes we take them to the pediatrician, and throughout their early development, the doctor will show a parent a graph, right, that gives the parent some indication that your child is growing and developing on some predictable path or maybe not, right? So usually we take great stock in what the par- of what the pediatrician is trying to tell, of, tell us, and I think that certainly as new parents that we realize that those checkups, would you agree with me, are really important. I mean, most parents, uh, especially first-time parents, I mean, you really take note and you listen as the pediatrician starts to lay out for you just where your child is hitting marks in their growth, in their maturity, in their health as this young baby. So if the graph is not trending in the right direction, oftentimes it gives parents a little bit of, of concern, right? We, we recognize we're, we're all over that and, and, and we're questioning or we're changing some things up because we want the best opportunity for our child to be healthy as possible. Moms, can you shout amen with me today, right? Hopefully dads are in on that, but I know moms, right? You are all over that. And if things aren't trending in the good direction, then most parents are willing to take any action to get it trending in the right direction and where it should be. I remember when the Travniks were here um, and uh, Lydia was pumping out like big boys. Uh, every one of those boys were over 10 pounders at birth. Um, and I remember Pastor Matt would come in and he's like, yeah, we just had you know the checkup at the pediatrician. Micah's head is in the 99th percentile, right? I mean, like, he had the head at, at six years old, I think, ahead of a two-year-old, right? I mean, they were pumping up. His weight was in the 99 percentile. Come on, how many are with me out there, right? I mean, some of you kind of had that, that same indication, like, we, we grow them big and strong, right? Or, or, or hearing it. And sometimes, you know, like, even at certain ages, the pediatrician would be saying, like, what are you feeding that kid? I think Pastor Matt was feeding those guys T-bones and drinking like raw milk or whatever, right? Like, and the, at times the pediatrician was like, okay, we need to back down a little bit about what's happening. But let me kind of ask you a, a third and really important question in this line as well. So when does that charting, right, of, of the indication of the graphs of all of that, when does that end? Right, because when our child's a newborn, or certainly within three months or six months, as parents, we are all over that, right? We don't miss an appointment at the pediatrician for our newborn baby, because we want to know. How many are with me? Yes? We, we want to stay on track with their growth, with their development, and with their maturity. But at some point, the charting ends. Yes? Now, that might be different for every family member. We might think, well, my kid has hit all of the markers, all of the indicators. Or maybe when we stop going to pediatricians, that we recognize that, that we're not as in tune about tracking 
on the graph or on the chart as to where our health or where our maturity is leading us to. By far it happens when we become adults. Now the truth is, not that there isn't the opportunity to have that conversation with then our doctor, right? It's just the fact that something shifts with inside of us as adults. Because even when we as adults go to the doctor, how many know that he sits us down and talks to us about a lot of things in regard to our health? But something happens to us now as adults, what? We kind of have a comeback to that. I mean, we hear everything that he says, but now we choose or we make decisions to either agree, disagree, to do or not do what the doctor is telling us that we should be doing for our spirit, for our physical health, and for our development. You can mumble with me if you want, because I know it's true, right? A few years ago, the doctor looked at me. I, I was having all kinds of kind of health issues, complications, struggling breathing, all kinds of things. And the doctor sent me to a cardiologist. My father had a heart attack at 55. He died of heart complications at 70. They realized there's some charting that goes along with that. There's some heredity issues that could be going on with that and put me through a stress test, which I failed, uh, that I had to have a nuclear stress test to find out what were some of the things that were going on. I was overweight. Um, I was kind of lazy. Uh, there were a lot of things that the doctor was trying to get me to get me into health. But as adults, it's a little different for us personally than for when we take our babies to the pediatrician, right? Moms, Whatever that pediatrician says, you are doing it, right? You are all about it. No matter what it costs, no matter what we have to do, we're doing it. But what happens when the doctor says it to you? Now, there are some of us that, man, I'm going to be all about that. But there are most of us that somehow feel we know more than the doctor knows, right? Or we'll listen and it'll go in one ear and out the other. The doctor, probably for a lot of us, has had some eye-to-eye -eye conversations, but it's somehow we feel like, well, we'll kind of decide what we should do or not do. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? There's a part of it that we decide. We kind of say, well, hey, we are who we are. I am who I am. Or we might have something, whether we verbalize it or not, simply to say, no one's going to tell me what to do, right? A few years ago, for Debbie and I, like I said, we were both overweight, we were both struggling, and we realized that, that something had to change and looking to find something. And so we developed or we walked into an area of, of coaching physically, doing health coaching to help people physically. Most of you know part of that journey. Over the last five years, I've lost over 35 pounds. Debbie has lost that as well. And, and we've really kind of tightened up our, our, our physical life. And there is a connection between our physical life and our spiritual life as well. And so a couple of years ago, Debbie and I did start, are doing some health coaching, and, and we're helping people here, and we're helping friends and people around, uh, really around the country to make some decision, to have some eye-to-eye -eye conversations with people to realize that there's some obvious signals and signs that we're not healthy, and 
we're just accustomed to say, I'm fine, or this is just part of my culture, this is part of my nature, or we don't kind of see what's really happening or going on. So let me just show you a couple of pictures. Now, now what I'm going to show you today are a couple of people that, that Debbie and I are helping through, through health coaching, that it just happened in the last 10 months. This isn't over the last two years for these folks. Just in the last 10 months, some that you see, let me just show you real quick. You might know this guy, right? So that was 10 months ago till today of Adriel. So I think he's told you now, I think 154 pounds in the last 10 months. Yeah? Let me show you a couple of more. So this is Michelle Chateau. She just sent me this a couple of days ago. So about 10 months ago, that was Michelle on the left. That's Michelle on the right, right? Let me show you just one more. Yeah. You don't know Kathy, but Kathy's one of our teachers at ELC. And less than 10 months ago, that was Kathy on the left. And today, that's Kathy on the right. So actually, Kathy is now doing some coaching along with Debbie and I. So you can go on to the next one, Jim. So we realize that, that when we have that eye to eye, see, there are some indications that we look, whether it ourselves or a family member or whatever, or just, you know, inside we know I am not healthy. I, I know that I'm not where I should be, but the decision is, is to make that first step. And oftentimes, that's difficult. There are certainly outward signs that, that make it pretty obvious, but we also realize that there are some internal, there are some non-obvious signs that, that we wonder, are we, are we doing okay? Just kind of over Christmas, Bailey came to me and, and said, yeah, last night I, I had to go to the ER. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, were you in an accident? He's like, no, I was just kind of feeling weird. My heart was racing, and, and you know, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. And so we went to the emergency care, and, and things were just like he was all kind of worked up. What I think he was just excited that Santa Claus was coming. That's what I think ultimately the issue was. And, and so they, they sent him down to the ER. Like, we, we, we want you to get down to the ER and get all checked out. Well, again, nothing was wrong. Right there was, but just there was just again. There are, you look at Bailey's big strapping young man. Right, we would think there's nothing going on. Yet for all of us, whether Bailey or you and I, we can kind of know, and, and especially for guys. Any guys want to kind of mumble at me for right now? Like we can have all kinds of things going on inside of us, and we won't do anything about it. Right? There are times I know that I'm not feeling the best, and Debbie's like. You're going to the doctor. And every guy will say, no, I'm not, right? Almost every guy. No, I'm not, right? And, and we know, we can feel that there's some things that are just not right. They're not obvious, right? There are same things that are happening inside, and yet we refuse that. There is some part where the charting stops. You get that? Again, when, when we've got a baby, we're all about it. But at some point in our development, we start making decisions that we think that are best for our lives. And some of them, it's okay. And for a lot of people, it doesn't work out okay. But there is a connection between our physical life and our spiritual life. And I want to talk to you about some obvious signs or maybe some not so obvious signs as to your spiritual health, your spiritual growth, and your spiritual maturity. Do you act your spiritual age? Do you feel 
your spiritual age. Sometimes when we start prodding and poking a little bit, like we might often do in January as to your spiritual life, some of your comebacks are going to be the same as when the doctor wants to ask some of those same questions physically. When Pastor Jim starts pushing you, you might want to say, hey, I am who I am. Hey, like, like, who are you to tell me, like, what's going on in my life? I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. And so you're going to have a choice today, right, to either listen to someone who wants optimal spiritual health for you or to realize, listen, just kind of stay out of my life, stay out of my business. You see, whether you like it or not, growth and maturity are a part of your spiritual journey. This charting should be a part of your monthly life. It should easily be a part of your yearly growth as a believer in Jesus. You should have something written down in a spiritual journal on your phone, on paper somewhere, from where you were January of 2021 to where you are January of 2022. We have this feeling to think, well, that only stops at the pediatrician's office. But the truth of the matter is, is that growth and maturity are always a part of your spiritual journey. And it must be evaluated regularly to know that you are healthy, that you are growing in your maturity. There is a chart, and that's my job today to help you. You see, you do have a spiritual doctor. It's the Holy Spirit. And you have a pastoral coach. And you've got some teammates that want to see you live and walk in optimal spiritual health. Spiritually, we realize that we evaluate by way, as we do physically, by way of markers and indicators. They are somewhat different for each and every one of us. But there is a range that as we ask Christ into our life, and we get on this journey, that there is a range that, that should be a constant in our growth and development. And every one of us, listen, every one of us need an eye-to-eye conversation with a spiritual friend, a pastor, uh, an accountability partner, whatever, that is going to love you enough to say the good things, that's going to love you enough to say the difficult things. We recognize physically as much as, as we don't want to do it, we do it. We go to the doctor, right? We want to get a checkup, and there is someone that we trust that's going to tell us eye to eye what's happening in our life. Again, we probably don't do that enough, but there is something ingrained within us physically like that's okay for us to do. However, when we start talking about that in the spiritual context, a lot of us want to push back or back away from that. And so, again, for you to get ready, set, and grow, we've got to have an eye-to-eye conversation this morning. Everybody say yes. Come on, you shouted when Jocelyn was talking about money. Let's go, right? Yes. You see, our life is to produce and ultimately to reproduce people to become followers of Jesus Christ. But as we get physically older, we live with more of the attitude is that I think I know what's best versus what the professional wants to say over my life. Now, hopefully you can feel this connection between what we do spiritually to what we need to be doing physically to what we need to be doing spiritually as well. There is a connection. 
And so part of your development for this year is in the area of spiritual maturity. Here's how it's defined. A person is considered mature when they behave in a manner consistent with their age. As people grow older, they are expected to behave more responsibly. So as true as that is physically, we recognize that there is spiritual maturity. There there is a depth that comes along with knowing Jesus more and more. In the physical sense, we wouldn't expect a fully developed teenager to behave like a toddler, right? It might be funny for a little bit, but it's not funny for a long time. We realize there's, there's something messed up here. There's something that's not right. Well, the same is true if some of you have been walking with Jesus for a long, long time, and rather than acting like a mature believer in the Lord, and you're acting like a toddler or a baby, then I am here to tell you there is something wrong about that. And that there is a chart that that needs to be followed. There is a graph. There are some indications that you need an eye-to-eye to say, listen, here are some key indicators that you're not here to argue. You're here to understand. Listen, this is either going to lead me into health and maturity or it's going to take me away from that. You see, there are three experiences that we know that are vital to your life. So spiritually, a salvation experience. We have got to have a salvation experience in our life. But we also realize the Bible teaches us that we need to have that experience in water baptism as well. Jesus taught that. Jesus pretty much commanded that. If we're going to be followers of him, then then we identify publicly that, listen, I I am choosing to be a follower of Jesus. And we're going to do that on on the first Sunday in February. You can sign up. You You need to follow up in that experience. If you've been putting that aside, listen, I've talked to people over the years. Well, Pastor Jim, you know, uh, I don't like to do it, you know, like on my birthday month. So if you do one in June, I'll do one in June, right? Well, you know, I want to do it when my wife and I can. Let you come up with excuses year after year after year after year. And listen, I'm just charting to say, listen, that, that's a bad indicator of your spiritual maturity. It's not based on anybody else. It's based on you. Listen, I'm, I want to make a public stand, and I want to live for Jesus, and I want my church to know it, and I want my friends, and I want my tribe to know that I'm a follower of Jesus. Listen, you're not doing it because the church wants you to do it or because Pastor Jim wants you to do it. You're doing it because that's what the Bible, that's what Jesus told you to be doing. A third experience is the power and understanding the baptism in the Holy Spirit as well. That's not indicative as to your salvation, but as to your growth as a believer. That's why I'm going to do an experience conference and that you should be signing up for. That listen, if we want anything more, that now that we are saved is to have more of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. That's getting the resident doctor in your spirit that's going to talk to you eye to eye, face to face every day. Listen, you can like kind of tune me out. You ain't going to tune out the Holy Spirit, okay? You're, like, You're not going to try that. But if you want growth, if you want maturity, then you need to step in to a full relationship with the Holy Spirit as well. And, and that's what God laid on my heart to, for us to do this conference this year. If you are going to grow, you need more of an understanding, the more of the implication or the impartation of the Holy Spirit in your life. As new believers, 
we find that a key element in our spiritual growth is that we learn to speak, to act, to live new as a follower of Jesus Christ, that we seek after relationships that are going to draw us closer and, and get us more healthy. And, and although we're not necessarily going to walk away from old friends, we realize that their influence has to get less in our life. And people that are going to help me to get spiritually healthy need to get more in my life. That's why we do life groups. It's another reason, again, to join a life group so that you're surrounded with people that are pursuing to have Jesus more in their life and to follow his plan for your life. Jesus becomes a coach that wants to get optimal spiritual health inside of every one of us. You see, the truth of the Bible is, is that, that we are expected as a believer in Jesus that there is production of fruit from our life that we are connected to the great vine who is Jesus. We're going to talk about that, John chapter 15, in just a moment. I mean, just reason with me for a moment this morning. Suppose every one of us who becomes a Christian, we, re we remain simply the same after our conversion. What would a church look like full of infants? Would we really impact the world? How many, how many of us give much credence to babies? I mean, we love them, but we're not asking them to run the world, right? We're not putting them on the docket to, to be the mayor of our town or the president of our country. Why? Because they lack maturity. They lack experience. They don't understand. Well, in the same way for the church and for you personally, I mean, how do we gauge, how do we chart the church? Boy, that's tough, because we're all adults now. And as much as we stuck to it for the baby and at the pediatrician's office, and we were all about it, boy, the minute somebody starts talking to me about charting my spiritual journal, journey, or where I am spiritually, like, whew, like, hey, buddy, just lay off. Like, who do you think you are? Isn't it amazing the switch that takes place in our life. So because I don't care about that, I'm gonna give it to you both barrels today, right? I'm gonna tell you that in the same way you should be charting your spiritual journey, you should be involving yourself in every opportunity that you can to grow spiritually mature and healthy in your life. I don't know any pastor that wants to pastor a church full of, of spiritual infants. How ineffective would we be? The point of growing spiritually is for us to become more and more like Jesus. Let me give you some scripture today. First Peter chapter two, verse two. So, so Peter starts off as, as leading people and leading the church. He says, like newborn babes, first Peter chapter two, like newborn babies, we should be craving pure spiritual milk. The desire is, is that we want to get you thirsty so that you are going to grow and want more and more of Jesus, so that you may grow up in your salvation. It is a growth process. It is, we are growing towards maturity. We are growing to the point where that you are recognized as a contributing factor of the church society much like we would want you to grow and to develop in the world society, that you are, you are a, 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 
an adult or you are a, a person that can, can work and contribute, right, to the betterment of the society, so is the same for you and I spiritually. And so Peter recognizes, listen, that, that early on that you need to be, you need to be uh, understanding and, and growing that there's milk, that, that, that we're going to keep promoting that, and, and, and you're going to get a, a, an insatiable hunger for more and more of that to take place. And the Bible talks about just kind of in kind of food terms that there is a switch that comes on that, hey, it's okay that you're drinking milk for a while, but, but, but that's got to end. You got to get into the meat then. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? The Bible says that. You can't live. In fact, listen to, listen to, to Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you want to follow along. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Paul goes after the Corinthian church because he's been preaching to them. He's been giving them the word long enough to say, listen, I can't even say that you are spiritual adults because you're babies. I've been preaching to you. I've been giving you the word. I've been laying out these spiritual disciplines and you are so brash and bold to say, listen, who do you think you are? Like, like we'll do what we think is best for us. Paul says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for that, right? So that's, listen, I started you off as a baby. I, I understand this process, like how we grow, how we develop, but you are still today worldly. For since you are jealous and quarrel among yourselves, are you not worldly? You are not growing and developing into spiritually mature adults. I mean, Paul just kind of calls them out. Let me read a little bit more. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. The writer says, listen, we have much to say about this spiritual maturity, spiritual development. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. It's kind of like our development with our kids. Like, like a lot of times they follow us until they're like 13, 14, 15, right? And then we realize maybe parents, we got a fight on our hands. Not everybody, but right? Some of you have recognized, uh-oh, now we have a fight on our hands, right? It's this, it's this self, right, desire, right? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead myself. I'm going to make my own. And, and that's what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. Here's a, a church like, I'm trying to give you the chart to spiritual health and maturity, but you're coming back to me saying, listen, yeah, well, like, whatever. Whatever, Pastor Jim. You don't even try anymore. In fact, though by this time you should be teachers yourself, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. Wow. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk is still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use, listen, if you underline in your Bible, if you can highlight on your device, on your scriptures, but who, those who are constant are those who are training themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Say yes. 
You see, the Bible is very clear that spiritual maturity, spiritual health, spiritual development is not going to get bypassed, right? As a pastor, as a spiritual leader, we are drawn to draw this out of you. We are drawn like the doctor to come in with the chart and to begin to start putting some maps and indicators to say, listen, this is where you were two years ago. This is where you are today. Did the line go up? Did the line stay neutral? Did the line go down? We are not going to impact the world if we've got a church full of people whose indicators keep going down every year. And so as a coach, as a pastor today, again, at the beginning of this year, we are faced with, again, a new start. So what do we need to know about spiritual growth and maturity? Well, to understand, it is an ongoing process. Hopefully people that have known Jesus for 50 years and are spiritually mature can never still even get to the point where they say, I've got it all. Right? The truth is, is that it should always be an ongoing process. One of the things that Debbie and I have committed to physically is to say we want to be physically healthy as long as we can. We're not just going to do this for a year or two. We're going to do it to the end. We have the desire to be physically healthy as humanly possible, and we say the same thing spiritually as well. Just as a child does not become an adult overnight, a believer does not become a giant of faith in an instant. It takes effort. No one has ever accomplished great things without great effort. In fact, Hebrews later on in chapter 12 says that we run this race with what? perseverance, endurance, right? Hard stuff. Like we dig down. Like when the tough times happen, we don't run. We dig down even deeper. We are going to endure. If we want to grow in our faith, we've got to do the work. Somebody say yes. If you want spiritual health, if you want, listen, these people that I showed you on the screen, they did the work and guess what happened? Results. Results always happen to the hard work. For some, it happens a little bit easier, a little bit quicker, but the truth is, is that hard work will always produce results. Let me ask you today, how many of you appreciate a disciplined child over an undisciplined child? Well, guess what? Guess what? So does God. Hello? So does God. So I want you to make the connection. As much as we strive in our efforts to raise our kids, that they're not only good physically, but they're good relationally, emotionally, in, in society, that we raise good kids. The fact is, is that we want to raise good kids who love Jesus who know Jesus and want to see them grow and mature in their spiritual life. Listen, God wants the same for every one of you that are claiming to know him, to step into that first experience of salvation. But if you think God, the Father, is satisfied with just like, oh, it's so wonderful. I've got a church full of babies for the 20th year. Isn't this awesome? 
He's not happy about that. Because growth is what he's after. Maturity and health is what he's after. And the only way you get there is by putting the work in. Listen, I hate to break it to you, but spiritual growth has nothing to do with how long you've been part of a church or how long you've been a member somewhere. Someone can be in the church literally for 30 years and sadly still be a spiritual baby. You ain't going to do that at real life, but some other churches. And yet I see some new converts that experience incredible strides in their faith. Listen, I can't do it for you. I can't do it for them. I'm only here to coach and to help. There has to be a decision. Debbie and I made a decision about our physical health. I did mine about five years ago to say, I'm, I'm tired. I can't, even, I, I can't even run a quarter of a mile without like feeling my heart is going to explode out of my chest. I've, I'm tired of feeling tired all the time. I can't do this or that. You've been around long enough to know of some of the choices and changes about running and biking and, and, and other things now that I'm choosing so that I can have the best health that I can for my life, for my wife, my family. And the same way should engage us spiritually. We have some kind of goal of where we need to be. Maybe, again, for some of you, it's that step of water baptism. Maybe for others of you, signing up for that conference and realizing, I need more of an eye-to-eye with the Holy Spirit every day. I need to go to the doctor's office every day. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit will meet you at 1 a.m., at 4 a.m., at 11 a.m., at 2 in the afternoon, at 6 p.m.? He's always open for his children. They're going to say, I want more of Jesus. I want more of the power of heaven in my life. Listen, there's always an appointment waiting for you and I to step into. If we are going to carry out the Great Commission, again, that's ultimately where we're going. We're growing you, we're growing the church, but ultimately we're going to grow the kingdom. Then we have to focus first on our spiritual, personal spiritual growth so that we've got something to give, something to share with others to come into a relationship with Christ. The fact is if you don't know the steps, then you are not going to be able to help ultimately produce more followers or believers for Jesus, to give the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work in their life. And if yours is confused or muddled, then the the sad question is, is that what kind of disciples are we creating? If we don't even know what we're doing, and you say, well, pastor, I'm I'm doing my best. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but but I'm going to go do it. No, don't do that. First of all, learn what you need to know. So let me give you a couple of keys to spiritual growth, all right? Get ready to write these down. You'll see them on on your device if you're joining with me on the notes. You see, I want to give you some keys. How many know, what do we use keys for? Yeah, exactly. They go into a lock, and when that key turns the lock and it unlocks the door, what are we granted? Oh, perfect. We're granted access. You see, and God has a spiritual life that he is granting access for you. You see, we, we understand in the, in the physical, right, in the human, 
that there have been times in our life where we've had the opportunity to get into places that we didn't deserve to get into, right? We didn't, maybe we didn't have the credentials. We, didn't, we had no access. A couple of years ago, uh, Bailey and I have a buddy, Sean Pebbles. He's actually the announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, the home games. He's the announcer in the arena. And, and we went to see a game, and, and we were kind of hanging out with Sean after the game. And, and this was a few years ago, and, and just a few years prior, the Cavs won the world championship and had the, the, the trophy back in the, in the office for the Cavaliers. And Sean said, would you like to go back and see the trophy? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even necessarily like the Cavaliers that much, but I mean, it's pretty close to get close to the NBA trophy. When am I ever going to get a chance to touch the NBA trophy? Sean had the key to get us into the door that gave us access. You see, there are experiences that we can appreciate in this physical life. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit always has the key to get you access into the Holy of Holies, to get you into the power and to get you into the presence of God. You see, when you're down, there's hope and there's healing in Jesus today. When there is a, a cause to fight for, there is an armory, there is weaponry that the Holy Spirit wants to unlock and clothe you in, that you fight the good fight of faith. Somebody say amen in this house today. There is a, for those of you that need restoration, for the, there is a spa at times when we're wounded, when we're broken. The Bible says that, the, that, that we pour in the oil and the wine. It was talking about as a shepherd when the, when the, the sheep would be torn apart by by, by going through the, the briar patch or, or, or finding himself maybe mauled by an animal, that there was health and there was, a, there was a, a comforting experience. And I want you to know that the key of the Holy Spirit is though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they have nothing to fear because you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You pour in the oil and the wine so that I am whole and I'm restored. You see, everything that you need, the Holy Spirit has. He wants to grant you access into the full presence and power of heaven today. But you've got to choose. That's the life that I want. So first of all, again, these aren't revolutionary for most of us in the room today. We commit to the study of God's words. If you are going to grow and become mature followers of Jesus, it is impossible to do it without being a person of the word. Maybe a goal this year for a lot of us is that sometimes we quote scripture verses and we say, listen, I, I don't know where it's at. It's in there somewhere. Stop saying that. Hello? Get your nose in the word and know what you should know. Right? We learn to study. We learn to ask God, listen, I know that you, Pastor, I'm old. I can't, I can't memorize anything. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, has the power to bring witness to us, to bring back to our remembrance that which we have committed to him. You might be able not be able to do it, but how many know the Holy Spirit has more than enough power to put, invest what you have put into your life? Some say, Pastor, it's hard to study the word. 
It's hard. I don't understand. It's a big Bible. Listen, I get that, but also hear me today. You are living in a time when it has never, never, never been easier to study God's words. You have access to this podcast, to this message throughout this entire week, this entire year. You have access to our app that has an online Bible to read. Within that, there are Bible teachings. You, many of you, through version, you're on, on devotionals. There are studies. There are commentaries. Listen, it is endless for you and I to be able to take some time and study God's Word every day, every week. No more excuses that you can't understand. You can't get into God's Word. Number two, prayer. Why I'm asking you to commit to prayer. Dads, men, why I'm asking you to lead your families because you will never get the access that you need without realizing the power and the presence through prayer. And I realize that for some of us, that that's still can be a struggle. Your spiritual maturity is sometimes challenged because of whether personal fears. There are sometimes people that, that maybe even with speech impediments or, or, or you feel like you don't talk well in front of people and then somebody calls on you to pray and you go all white. And you realize, I, I'm embarrassed, I'm afraid, I'm scared. And so, listen, I get some of that. But you know what, you know what changes that? The confidence that the Holy Spirit will speak into your life. That it doesn't matter if your tongue or your lips stammers a little bit. You realize that I have the desire to proclaim the word of God. And the more that I step out in faith, let me tell you, God will change your tongue. God will change your lips. You'll be able to proclaim and declare the word and the power of God that nothing is going to stop you to know the connection that we have with a God who loves us. I want you to commit at, if you can, to all three, if, if more than anything else, every night, man, I would love to see families together with me at seven o'clock, Monday through Friday this week, committed that we're gonna learn the power of prayer. Listen, I'm not gonna give you something that's gonna be a ho-hum. I'm gonna give you something that's gonna fire you up and engage you. We are gonna dream some big dreams in our prayer life this year for God to do some big things. And then we learn to abide in Christ. John chapter 15, Jesus said, abide in me, remain in me, as I also have the desire to remain in you. This is the part of the vine, the, the branch, and the, and the tree. For no branch, listen to me, no branch can bear fruit by itself, yes? It must abide, it must remain in the trunk. Neither can any of you bear fruit. You will not grow spiritually. Your chart is going to level or drop downward if you don't understand or learn how to abide in Christ. That Greek word, abide, remain, is meno. And it means simply this, to sojourn, to tarry. I love this one the best. To continue to be present. How many believe that God is always awake, that God is always around, right? You see, he is always present with you. Now, let me ask you the hard question. How many of us are always present with him? Listen, I'll raise my hand first. Boy, isn't it, isn't it? how we let so much other stuff get in the way. 
some stuff that we think is so important. We struggle to develop our spiritual disciplines, but boy, we'll spend hours with video games. Listen, I'm not talking to teenagers right now. I'm talking to full-grown adult men, right? We can find time to do a lot of things, and yet, boy, how instantly we want to back away. That's right, I don't know how to pray. That scares me. You, you throw every excuse in the book of not wanting to do those things. That, listen, we're going to stand here and listen to me on January of 2023 and ask where your chart is. And a lot of you won't even have one. And sadly, you're going to dip your head and realize, it's just another downhill year. Listen, you can do something about that today. Listen, I changed physically. You saw people who put the work in, who put the time in. There is a connection between your physical life and your spiritual life. It's time to get your life in order. We continue to be present. When I become a follower of Jesus, I become present with Christ. And it gives me the reminder that I have the responsibility to continue to be present. Listen, we are not going to grow in our faith unless I keep showing up and putting in the effort that's required. You have to decide today. And that's how I want to pray with you before we finish this morning. I want to challenge you to make a decision today for this year and certainly the prayer for every year that follows that I am going to put in the work, the time, the effort. Listen, those people that you saw on the screen physically did not get where they were fully without Debbie or I. We had a part to play and we're coaching them because there are moments when it gets tough. There are moments when you're not going to feel like staying on the program. I'm sure most adults in this room have done some kind of program to lose some weight, only to realize six months, a year later, it's all back and now I'm heavier than what I used to be. The one thing that's different is coaching. You're far more successful with a coach. See, that's why we have the Holy Spirit. You become more physically, more spiritually stronger, mature and healthy because God knew what he was doing by not only giving us Jesus, but when Jesus finished his ministry to say, but now I'm giving you the Holy Spirit who will abide with you forever. Listen, if you've got loose lips, you like to gossip, you like to talk, you like to cut people down, Try giving that to the Holy Spirit and then try to do that again. If you're honest, how many know Holy Spirit's gonna be all over that? Why? Because that's a coach's job. Oh, ho, 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 that, that doesn't happen here. No, no, no. We're done with that. Whatever it is, we have the power of God's Spirit in our life. Paul said this, the great stalwart he said, I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I strive. I don't give up. I'm not calling it in. I'm not making excuses. I'm not, listen, can we stop blaming COVID for a while? 
I think we've been pretty fair at real life, not making a big deal out of it, letting you decide. People come, people don't come, whatever. Now, obviously, I'm not talking to those of you that are here today. But can we stop blaming COVID? I don't think COVID created as much as it has revealed. If you want to know where I stand as a pastor, I'm really troubled for the church of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that there isn't a reality and that we need to be safe and that we need to be careful. Believe me. I've been fair with you for two years on this thing. But when people get ramped up about the Antichrist and the end of the world and who you should. (laughs) Because the people that don't have COVID, but because it's a little icy, it's a little rainy, it's a little cold out today, I'll I'll just tune in from the comfort of my home in my PJs and I'll watch PJ today. Listen, the kingdom of God are not for the weak. The kingdom of God are for the mighty. And I'm just, you just take that for whatever it's worth. But listen, what's real is real. And what variant, there's variance. I get all that. I'm not slamming you for some decisions that you've had to make or you are making. We all make that. But listen, just let it be honest and true. See, there are seasons that you are going to face that are going to have doubts and discouragements. Let me read this and we're finished this morning. In Matthew chapter 11, it's a story about John the Baptist. I mean, everything that we read about John the Baptist kind of prior to this, I mean, he's this, I mean, mighty man of God out in the desert. I mean, preaching Jesus. I mean, fire and brimstone, like letting people know what's right and wrong, whatever. But a little bit later, John the Baptist got in trouble with telling off the king of what he's doing is wrong. And it ended him up in prison, soon to be beheaded. We read this in Matthew chapter 11. So now John in prison heard about the deeds of the Messiah. And he sent his followers to go ask Jesus, are you really the one that has come? Or should we still be expecting someone else? Wow. I mean, here's a guy that's like on fire. I mean, he's the world's greatest evangelist. But now he's in prison and he's facing imminent death. And he's facing a moment of doubt or discouragement. Do you know what's somewhat great in that passage? Have you been there before? we all have there have been moments right where we've been knocked down where we've been crushed where our our life has been turned upside down and John felt the very same way is it worth it do I persevere do I endure do I main all do I do I still act like in the present even when I can't feel Jesus like I do on a Sunday morning or at an altar where it's dry, where it feels like the, like the heavens are, are thick concrete. Do I, do I still keep going? Jesus, are you still worth it? 
Listen, I, I know there are moments, there are times, maybe we're in a season right now, there's still doubt and discouragement, but let me give you Jesus' follow-up. And I want you to just get ready to put a smile on your face, amen? Just get ready to celebrate here a little bit with me. Because when John's disciples show up and they're like, Jesus, like, listen, John just wants to know, like, uh, are you worth it? Like, are you the one? Like all this effort, all this work that we've been putting in, all this red carpet that we've been laying for you to walk in, like just, we just want to know, like is, has it been worth it? And Jesus says, I want you to go back, John, chap, Matthew chapter 11, verse 4. Jesus said, I want you to go back and I want you to give John this report of what you are seeing and what you are hearing. That today, the blind are receiving their sight. Somebody say amen with me today. That the lame are walking. To those that have leprosy, they are being cleansed by the thousands. That the deaf ears are opening. That even the dead are being raised from the ground. The good news is being proclaimed to the poor. That there is power. That there is might. That there is victory in the name and the power of Jesus. Listen, you might be in doubt today, but there is a God who is going to bring the fire of revival to his church today. Would you stand with me this morning and let's proclaim, come on, lift your hands with me today, church. Let's declare the power of God's victory 